Here we go. At the top of the class on a roll. Welcome back. It's another episode of Cage Side. Uh, not a fantastic weekend for myself and uh, fellow Philly uh, MMA audience. And we are going to get to that in this episode. Uh, we're back with another MMA news uh, style of show that you've uh, come to, to expect in the last several weeks. Uh, thanks for joining us. Make sure while you're here, you're subscribing, you're hitting all the, the likes and the shares and the buttons and commenting and doing all that good stuff to help the show continue to grow. Uh, today, I'm very excited because uh, this will probably be a, a, a thing we continue moving forward. Uh, and it's featuring a new a new partner of the show here. It's Mr. Yadit Vasquez, otherwise known as the Octagon Doctor. Welcome, brother. Thanks for coming Hello, on. Man. Happy, to, happy to be here. I'm pumped and excited to, to get this MMA talk rolling. Let's um, let's tell you know some of the people here a little bit about you. Uh, we came together recently in an episode with Chente in Puerto Rico where we talked about the, the Masvidal drama. Um, but oh, yeah. so, you know, so we're back at it again. Uh, this time we're going to break down some 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 current events as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, that was, you know, if people don't know who Chente is, he's the biggest influencer in Puerto Rico. I mean, he has more views than a lot of channels locally in the island. So he's he's one of the top figures, and I'm one of the responsible figures of putting the MMA poison in his brain. So I'm pumped about I'm super pumped about that. And uh, we were talking on on that podcast. By the way, how how shitty was my phone that day? Um, I mean, brother, I don't know what type of <laughs> what type of uh, service you're using, but it certainly froze up on you about twenty times <laughs> throughout the episode. yeah the actual phone <laughs> while I was driving. I was going back. I have a, my own clinic. And I was driving back from my clinic to my home. And, my, you know, I, I sat my phone in the dashboard because listening to music. I, just, I totally forgot about it. It's a very sunny day in Florida. So when, when Chenta texted me, he's like, oh, just jump on. There's going to be someone else. And I'm like, oh, man, I just pulled up in a Wendy's parking lot. And I felt the phone hot. And I'm like, ah, I'll be fine. As soon as I opened my mouth, boom, it started to say the phone's too hot. It's never done that. So it was it was pretty funny. I love how on like you know the biggest platform from Puerto Rico, you know we're relying on Wendy's parking lots to cover the MMA world, which is exactly. <laughs> but we do what we got to do because we love the sport. So listen, on my behalf, thank you for getting Absolutely. for getting Chente, you know, involved in that. He has a, a voice that that will spread uh, the sport over there like probably nobody else. So thanks for doing your part in that. I think I think it's going to be the the biggest sport at some point followed in Puerto Rico or at least at the same level as, as boxing. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, he's going to play a big part, a big part in that, uh, you know, and I linked up, I linked up with, with Chente uh, since I, I've been producing content uh, for, M, for MMA uh, for about eight years. You know, I'm a, I'm a internal medicine physician and a ringside doctor. So I actually work fight shows. I've worked fight pass, fight shows, king of the cage, pay, boxing pay-per-views, you name it. I've been a doctor on them. So it was quite unique, my position at the time. There's other doctors now on YouTube, but I was the only Puerto Rican one. And I always tag a whole bunch of people. But Enchanta was the first one to actually reach out and, and tell me, hey, man, that's really cool what you're doing, representing for the island and representing for Puerto Rico. Let's do something. So, you know, we've been, we've been friends uh, for a little while now, for over a year. So, yeah, it's uh, like you said, it's, I think it's, I believe that's a, crucial key in getting the UFC along with Anuel and Fabrian Eli. That's, yep. that's, that's, those are the main ingredients, brother. 
So I'll tell you a little bit of what I was trying to do uh, a little while ago, which I, I, I'm still hoping to do. It's just, you know, the show kind of took a little bit of a turn. So we're, we're, we're going to work that out. Um, but I, so I'm very close here with uh, a couple main gyms that are pumping out the best talent out of Philly uh, for the UFC. Um, I want to take uh, John Marquez, who's the coach for for one of those gyms, uh, along with Daniel Gracie. And they work together, man. They got some form of magic that is just cranking out really, really solid, well-rounded fighters. So what I want to do is I want to go to Puerto Rico and start off with a small little, maybe like a weekend-long thing where some of the UFC guys from here, like the Sean Brady's or the Pat Sabatini's or the uh, Andre Petroski's. Right. So I can, you know, bring those guys along with their coaches to Puerto Rico and connect there with, you know, us who are trying to grow the sport right over there. But then also some of the young talent over there, just so they can see kind of some of the tools and, and kind of learn, uh, you know, unique, unique ideas that maybe not, they're not exposed to over there as just an introduction to to growing the sport and to to building that little by little so hopefully that yeah, comes soon you know that's a that's an important part uh of the game you know we had we had the blessing of having john danaher uh live in puerto rico for the past 10 months he i mean he's he moved to texas he there were some problems um you know putting a school together uh and there was one of his top students i the name escapes me right now uh, even gsp spent a couple of weeks there in puerto rico so, you know, the island's kind of growing a little bit. Masvidal went uh, to the to the island to be on, on Chente, Chente Drash's show. So, you know, it's those little steps are very, are very important. But I'm telling you right now, the problem in Puerto Rico is the uh, Departamento de Recreación y Deporte, the, the, the commission, because there's not an MMA commission or an athletic commission per se. So it's the, the Recreations and Sports Department of the government. They are as corrupt as it gets. And if we don't fix that and we don't get any new structure, any new blood in there, MMA is it's dead in, before being born in the, in the island. So, yeah, and uh, I'm going to link you up with, with a good friend of mine that uh, I consider family, Wilfredo from Royalty Combat. And having a podcast with him, he had one of the, one of the, one of the promotions, amateur promotions, Royalty Combat. But, as a matter of fact, I think I have the last belt somewhere in, in the house here. Um, and uh, he'll, he can tell you very detailed why MMA has failed in the island. So that's an interesting podcast to have as great. well. So I would love to do that. Um, I think also it matters creating the attention. So, you know, once you build the, the interest in the sport that's big enough to make the big guys want to come to the island, that might speed up the process of fixing that. Uh, and obviously, you know, I'm speaking from a, a very high perspective without knowing all the details. So that podcast. Oh, absolutely. Cool. But, but, you know, absolutely. I like you have the right, you have the right mindset, my brother, you have the right mindset. Let me, let me show you something real cool. This is the last belt that uh, it's a little worn, a little battle worn, but you know, is your camera on like a 360 spinning gimbal? Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> Oh, this is dusty, but it's still a throwback. Yeah, this is, hold on. Let's see. Hold on. There we go. Oh, Look at that beauty yeah, right that. there. Royalty that's, combat. That's an elegant belt, man. And it is worn. That. It makes it even better. Look at that beauty. Yeah. It has blood, sweat, and tears in it. It's a real, it's a real 
the and this was one of the one of the uh, most uh, successful promotions in the island royalty combat. Okay. And uh, yeah, it uh, he had uh, Wilfredo had approximately fifteen shows okay. in in a year and a half span, which is the first time it has been done with so much frequency. You know, to give fans, you know, uh, something to look forward to. But you know, he was met with many many hurdles along the way. So, you know, he had to move. He's he moved to Vegas now. I'm gonna you know connect you to him so you could have a good talk to him because he's an interesting podcast and he's a crucial person to to learn from his experience when you want to kind of dig your your heels in the sand of of MMA back home in Puerto Rico. You you definitely have to talk to him. Um, you know, and we're kind of workshopping this uh, live on the show, but so another person that I'm very, very close to who supported the show from day one uh, is Rob Haydeck, uh, who's the president of CFFC. So that's the biggest regional promotion locally here. Um, but they've been, they've become really the, the gatekeepers for talent and, you know, um, professional talent to go into the UFC. So that's the first phone call they make is to him, you know, for last minute replacements. And a lot of these guys are entering the UFC through that door and they put on, you know, high level, very, very, uh, well put together productions. Uh, and they have a contract with, with UFC fight pass, which is oh, what yeah. they hear. All oh, the yeah. So maybe that is the type of thing to start it off in Puerto Rico, which might be to mm -hmm. start the first CFFC, uh, promotion in Puerto Rico, start doing the show, start getting the people interested and then can uh, link that up. Anyway, We'll leave, be, the, yeah. we'll leave the we'll leave we'll leave all that to yeah to to another uh, time and probably not on the show, but um so let's get into the MMA news world here. Uh, our boy uh, and close show friend Chris Dawkins does not get the win. Uh, Chris heartbreaking to us uh, and to anybody who who sees the potential in him. Uh, let's take a look to see what happened, and then I want to hear your take on it. Is a sickening thing. Man, yeah. just Tough. Cur Curtis. I mean, Chris Dawkins, beast of a fighter. Uh, I always, I, I always compare him to Fedor Emelianenko. The way he cast his punch, and I was his punches, his hooks. So I've been very excited about both the Dawkins brothers since they got into the UFC through the Contender Series. So it's uh it's unfortunate, but I do see that you know uh, last December, Dawkins fought the Black Beast uh, and got knocked out. I'm telling you, as a physician, let me tell you something. When you turn around a fighter that was KO'd in three months, that means you're dipping him again um, to sparring. You're sending him to training. It's not the right decision. Chris Dawkins is a great talent, and I believe he should have been rested just a little. And, and these guys are, are all tough, and they're all gritty, especially people out of Philly. And, you know, he's a tough dude, tough dude, no doubt. But the science of a heavyweight, you know, that had that knockout against and took some damage against Derek Lewis, when you put him back in there, the threshold the threshold for a knockout will be lower. So around, right now, we're looking at a, at a great talent, still a great talent. I, I don't think he, 
he loses any 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 clout or any push. Uh, you know, I think him and his brother have been like the Miller brothers back in the day. Remember Jim? Mm-hmm. No, of course. And and Dan Miller. So he they are the the new Miller brothers. So I think that that gimmick stays even through the these two losses. But I think um, it was great for for uh, for this guy, the, the the guy who knocked him out. It was great because we were seeing improvement in striking. Yeah. But for Doc, it's not so good. I, I love the knockout, but. As a physician, I want to see, I want to see Dawkins take a six-month no-contact break. Just focus on 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 technique, jujitsu, whatever, whatever, anything else other than lacing up gloves, putting a mask, and throwing hands. He has to have a brain rest. Um, can you do me a favor and explain to me the re- like the, the 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 medical reason for why the brain isn't able to take damage, like you said, as well? Uh, when you're that close to your last uh, concussion? Yeah. The, the problem is, first of all, there's concussions that you might suffer playing football, playing baseball, playing soccer. Actually, the sport with the highest concussion rate is female soccer in college. But when you're talking about a 250-plus athlete putting a solid punch uh, and knocking you out, in a blistering way like Derek Lewis did, what happens in the brain? You think of the brain as a network of connected cables. When the brain is moving inside the head, it's a jelly in there. So it's, it's moving around, uh, uh, thrashing inside the, the, the cavity of the skull. What, what matters is what happens microscopically. Those connections between neurons are being severed. Uh, they have multiple connections. It's not just it's not just one cable connected to another neuron. It's multiple arrays of cables. So, so those neurons are shearing and are breaking. Some of them can be repaired. You can't grow new neurons, but you, those connections can be repaired, and those those uh, sheared uh, axonal uh, structures can be somewhat repaired. It takes time. It takes time. It takes fish oil. It takes CBD. But most of anything, it takes rest. You can't be taking what we call subconcussive blows. Let's say you got knocked out. After that, what's a subconcussive blow? Anything done, uh, any type of athletic activity that is very brisk. So jumping, running at a, at a clip. So you want to keep your body rested, keep the inflammation level low, and allow yourself six months. Because when you're jumping in there, three months, you know, it's just, it's too little time. And we've seen it time and time again with heavyweights that make a quick turnaround. It's never good. It's never good. You have 170s, 155, you can make a quick turnaround. Still the brain. It's still not, not, a, not a good thing. But in heavyweights, it's, it's the worst decision ever. So, so to be kind of clear for us non-equally uh, smart uh, folks, <laughs> when, when they've been severed, you haven't allowed them time to fully heal. So exactly. when so when you get another blow to the head, it's easier. The, it's the easier brain, for them to separate again because they haven't formed a full structure. Exactly. It's 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 almost like a protective reflex. So your your body has been attacked. Your brain has been attacked. Your body goes limp in a protective fashion in a protective manner. So you do it at an earlier. The the body is like, hey, if we keep doing this activity, we're gonna have serious damage. Let's just disconnect, 
Hopefully right. the threat goes away and we live to fight another day. Um, but the brain is the, it's the connection severed, but there's also an inflammatory reaction. Like when you, let's say you get caught in a, in a, in a, in a, in a shoulder lock, somebody pops it out. We're having physical damage there, but there's also a chemical response in the joint. Inflammation gets swollen. Same as in the brain. You have the physical disconnection of the structures, and then you have the chemical reaction, which is the inflammation. That's why you get knocked out really bad. Um, you woke up, you don't remember. You know, I hearken back to the image of, um, of Ben Askren walking out of the cage. Mm -hmm. Like, what? what Confusion. Yeah, yeah. Just ha somebody grabbing him by the arm, and he's just, he's dazed. He's, he's not himself. That's the knockout. The concussion and the post-concussive syndrome mm -hmm. is what happened days, weeks, if not months after that, which is the inflammatory reaction. You have a whole bunch of pro-inflammatory molecules, so interleukin, bradykinin, substance P, substances that usually cannot penetrate the brain under normal circumstances. But when the brain is hurt and the filter, all these structures filter out what can you know, you can only have oxygen and sugar in the brain. It, it filters out everything else, proteins and, and, and inflammatory molecules really well. But once that brain is under all that stress, a whole bunch of stuff goes in there. That's, we don't have a time frame for everybody on how long it's going to take for you to, right. to be back to 100% in, uh, in, uh, in the fight game. So you have to allow ample time to recover. I mean, he, he went out. Like that. I mean, it's a beautiful shot. And by the way, we're talking about, you know, he was going to land the same shot on, on Curtis. So we're talking about a split second difference, mm -hmm. uh, timing. I mean, there's no, you can't really say that Chris did anything wrong. Uh, he just wasn't the one in that moment to land. You know, it, it was Curtis. So it could have yeah. gone the same way, uh, you know, to, to blades. So, well, that's, that's a good explanation for it. I don't think, um, I don't think we've ever seen it that way, which, by the way, makes it a little bit scarier. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it does. When, you, when you really analyze it, makes me want to fight less. But luckily, I don't fight. So it's all good. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at uh, what happened afterwards. Is there anything you want to say to him as a former champion and a guy that lives at the top of the division? Hey, I want to be just like you, Stipe. That means I may have to beat you, but I definitely respect the hell out of you. You're one of the best in the world, best of all time in the division. I respect the hell out of you. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for your winner, Curtis Razor Blade. Um, listen, I'll tell you my thought process before the fight began. Chris Dawkins has been calling out Stipe for a while and hasn't been in the position to get that fight. And we know that Stipe is difficult anyway as far as who he wants to fight and wanting to get the belt only uh, for, his next, for his next belt. But Chris Dawkins is a retired police officer from Philadelphia. So the win would have been the perfect scenario where right. Chris wins, says, Stipe, you're in the audience. Fireman versus, versus police department. Let's fucking do it. That would have been uh, epic. Perfect. That would have been the, the most epic call out and I'm already mourning the loss of those embedded episodes oh. of police versus firemen. I mean, my, my dad is a retired paramedic. So, you okay. know, he, at the building where he worked back home, it was, 
police, firemen, and paramedics. And the shit talk in the gym of that place was yep. epic. Epic. So. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we all respect them as first responders the same way. But and then I think they respect each other. But that rivalry will will forever be. So oh, they're competitive. That, oh. Yeah. So to have made that, you know, and and I feel like that would have been enough juice to get that fight to happen for for Man. But but you yeah. know maybe 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 another time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it was actually a really good night of fights. Um, this is another solid victory for somebody I like. Ladies and gentlemen, referee Gary Copeland has called a stop to this contest. At three minutes, 57 seconds in the very first round. Declaring the winner by submission due to a rear naked choke, Alexa Grasso! All right, so how impressive well, that Grasso, not only a, a really good striker, decides to get her first submission win. Uh, against somebody as tough as Joanne, now not Calderwood, by the way, Joanne Wood, to make it more confusing. Joanne Wood. Joanne Wood. I was confused. She eliminated the Calder. I thought they, right, I thought they they cut her name down just to make it easier, and then I'm like, oh, her husband's name is Wood. Okay. (laughs) What are the odds that that was the case? Uh, What did you think? What did you make of that? That win? Man, uh, it was was great. I mean, uh, Jojo Calderwood, or Jojo Wood, um, he doesn't get finished a lot, so it was a statement it was a statement it was a solid statement i thought that wood looked he she was so like a on the ground her defense was so she was so relaxed so she didn't care and and uh the sink the sink the the choke was synced beautifully and tight you could see the surprise in jojo's eyes she's like oh snap this is deep i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to tap so it was it was very impressive, you know. There a lot of people grab the back, and they're they you know they they play they pussyfoot around for so long and bring the and bring the other one and ch- this was this yeah. was solid. This was fast, uh, and uh, I loved it. I loved it. It's a statement. Yep, I think it was a statement. I think it was the the right matchup for her to 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 get up there. Um, so I don't know who's next for her, but I thought that was a, a very solid performance. Uh, another solid performance that honestly. I love when I get surprised. I didn't even know Neil Magny was fighting, but what the hell? Bro, Dana White, Hamza Shmaev, I'm ready to go. I've been chasing this fight for over a year. It still hasn't happened yet. Hamza Shmaev, I'm coming for you. So Neil Magny comes down and trains at the gyms that I'm telling you about here in Philly a lot. So we get a chance to to see just how good in season he is as a fighter. Um, I, I Listen, that's the call out to make. You know, Hamza's about to fight in two weeks. You're going to be there to see it. Uh, I think if he beats Burns... Uh, I mean, Neil Magny's not going to get that fight at that point because then we're talking, you know, big leagues. But if he does happen to lose or I don't know, it's a decision, maybe Neil Magny gets it. But I, I thought it was a good call out because he has been saying it, that he um, that he's been wanting that fight. So Man, Magny, Magny, what a veteran. There's veterans in the game. And then there's people like Jim Miller. And then there's people like Neil Magny, like Cowboy Cerrone and all these guys that have fought so many times it's daunting to think you know a record of 26 and 9 people with 30 fights it's ridiculous but it's it's cool to see i've met magni before in iowa when i lived in iowa he uh you know his team uh, flew there a couple times for different shows i believe a, a couple of the caged aggression shows that are done in the quad cities um 
real cool dude. Real down to earth, real salt of the earth dude. So uh, yeah, I was happy seeing him. I got I got scared shitless in the first round. I mean, Max yep. Griffin yep. almost almost fit flash knock count knock knocked him out. Uh, but that shows the durability and the level of veteran of Neil Magny. Many exactly. fighters with a a knockdown like that, it's it's curtain calls. But Neil just gritted back, you know, bit on his mouthpiece and 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 did the damn thing. And anti GSP, right? For most wins in the UFC. Yeah. Or in that weight, in that weight division? In that weight division. I mean. What a stud, dude. <laughs> that solidifies his, his status for maybe, you know, having, being an inductee in the Hall of Fame for, for his wins. I mean, he's he, 26 and 9. I mean, it's not a, a super great record, but you see Masvidal and his record. He has double-digit losses already, and he's a bona fide star, one of the best contracts uh, I mean, we haven't had the the specifics of his new contract, but you know, they say that it's one of the the, the better contracts right now in the UFC. So, it's one of those things that the nice guys and the guys who don't make too much too much noise just don't get the star treatment, don't get the star fights, don't get the star money. Man, that's it's unfortunate. And they have the option, right? They can do it if they want to do it. So yeah. if you choose to be who you are and not change to be able to get that and not sell the soul to the devil, then Good, good for you, but just don't think that it's gonna come by, you know, as easy as for other guys, like you're saying with Masvidal and the and uh, and the record comparison there. So exactly. Neil, I, the, the callout was good. Let's keep it the going. Callout was great. Let's keep it going. Yep. Camps and campsite, campsite's a beast. I mean, it's. I mean, we're we are literally a couple of days from from having that breakthrough moment of um, of campsite and. There's a threshold, right? The threshold's here, you know. Boom, off to the races. Conor McGregor status, or or, or you know, Habib Nurmagomedov status, fame. Gilbert Burns is in the way, and people are seeing him as the litmus test. I believe uh, Gilbert Burns is the Chad Mendes of what Chad Mendes was for Conor McGregor. Gilbert is. For Hamsa and Kamsa uh, Shimaev, if he finishes, it's off to the races of superstardom. Th this is the most exciting fight. This is I've been looking forward to this moment, capturing this lightning in a bottle moment. I I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm super excited for it. And uh, I I think you're 100% right. And Kamsa has the that that star power that that we're talking about. Neil Magny, not you know. He just has that that bravado about him that all he needs is to get that that check mark with that with that Burns fight. And that's it. Kamsat becomes a dog. Straw. He's a Big dog. Straw. I mean, Neil Magny is not going to, you know, uh, the, but the leech, you know, is a type of a strong fighter like that. And Hamza was able to put him away like nothing. But I think Neil has more fight in him. Uh, I'm uh, Gilbert, man, Gilbert Burns. One of those others. When, when I'm wondering, when was Burns' last fight? Gilbert's. I think he had only fight. one after after Usman, right? He had a win after Usman. He had a win. Yeah, he fought Wonder Boy. Yeah, that was okay. in July. Oh, so he's good. You know, he's rested. He's well rested, so he should be okay. Right, he right. There's no okay. excuses here. Right. No excuses. Uh, no, brain fully healed. Doctor approved. All right. So I can't wait to ask you about this. This is how we're going to start closing out the show. What the best strike of the week, to, in my opinion, 
you know. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? That was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Put my name out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your no! I'm going to, okay? I, I, I just got... I just got chills. uncomfortable again and chills. I, I was so confused with this shit because I never usually like finish these award shows. I'll, I'll watch them a little bit and then you know I'll, I'll trail off. We somehow caught this live and we're so confused by what the fuck was happening. You know, was it real? Was it not real? Was it staged? Was it not staged? But then... Will Smith goes to win the Oscar for the best uh, uh, actor performance or whatever. He um, then goes on to like, you know, cry and apologize and this. So I'm like, right, I guess we're believing this. I guess this is real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, did he connect? That, that was smooth and that was fast. And you could hear the thud of the slap in the microphone. I saw the, the super, the hyper slow version, the HD, yeah. and he connected fast fast and he turned his body into that slap so the technique was beautiful i mean chris rock uh didn't see it coming and just boom it was beautiful uh, but that for me i was raised you know, i'm a physician you know i you know i have a nice life right now but i was raised in a public housing project in puerto rico on the south side of puerto rico residencial la ceiba and fr from very little we learned this the 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 hard way you know in life sometimes things are going to have consequences you, they might not be right they might not be right no one i mean no one likes to see anyone get slapped but in the current temperature of of society in social media has made people and you know mike tyson has famously said this a couple times in different podcasts you know social media has made people too comfortable you know talking about people's sensitivities a little bit more and will smith you know felt some type of way he was offended and that's what happens it's between two men one man was offended you know i have a wife and i have two daughters something happens like that I don't know if I'll react that way, but more likely, yes, if, if somebody, you know, um, hurts emotionally somebody that I love, I might do something stupid, but it, it's a lesson for people. Let's, let's, be, let's be more understanding. You did, I mean, he didn't know if Jada was sick. Right. She might have cancer. She, might, she has alopecia, but she might have something else that she's not disclosing. And it's you got to be more more thoughtful with this thing. So I don't condone the the doing that, you know, the slapping a guy on TV. That's cold. But, you know, you know, I feel like Chris Rock could have could have also been a little bit. You know, uh, more thought out with his comedy, too, because a G.I. Jane joke, not only is it so out, yeah. the, it's, uh, it, it's you know, it's not that funny. It's just like a, an easy, low-hanging fruit joke. So 
Yeah. You know, so let's start with that. The other weird thing to me, and maybe I'm just, you know, seeing it this way because I guess, you know, because of, of being Puerto Rican or whatever. But that happened between two black men on a huge platform, massive celebrities, massive stars, a very likable Will Smith. I love Will Smith. Everybody likes Will Smith, yeah. right? Especially from Philly. I mean, but don't you think that if uh, a guy from Spain, and I'll say Spain because usually those are the people who are nominated for foreign films or whatever in the Oscars, right? Let's say somebody as an example, or Mexico. If that guy got pissed that whoever was making a comment on stage and goes up there and smacks the shit out of him, I feel security would have been called. I feel more chaos would have happened. And I feel honestly that if he won the Oscar, not only would he not be given the chance to talk, he would probably get it removed, like uh, taken back. People would be calling for the award to be taken back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Am I wrong for thinking that? Yeah, I, th I think so. I think so. And more than anything, I mean, I think someone of, of Hispanic heritage, Latino like us, um, would have gotten away with it in terms because they wouldn't know. You know, they're so afraid of being politically correct. Look what they did. It's the political correctness is so ingrained in, in these people in Hollywood and California in that culture and that world that they're like, oh, you know, they have to allow it. They have to leave it. it it's, it's too you know, two African-American men doing this, we can't, you know, but if it was, let's say, a white person doing that, it would have been curtain call. If it was, you know, Bradley Cooper, you know, slapping the shit out of Chris Rock, <laughs> he's never going to work in town again. Exactly. That's my he's point. He's never going to work in town again. So it's, and, and it would it have weird, but it would have had nothing to do with race is my point. Mm -hmm. Like it would have mm -hmm. just been Chris Rock making a joke about Bradley Cooper's wife. Correct. Correct. You know, so I don't know. I just found the. I found there's a lot to it. And I feel like there's a lot of uh, benefits that he was given uh, compared to other other folks. But either way, very interesting. Very weird. Uh, I know they need a ratings, but Jesus Christ, that's not the way to get it. Yeah. Psychologically, uh, psychologically, it's weird because when I've seen social media, I've only seen men criticize him. Most women are citing with Will Smith saying, no, you know, he's defending the honor of his, and right. men are, are in their feelings right now, which is the weirdest thing. Interesting. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get it either. Well, let's wrap this up by taking a quick look at some of the reactions uh, about this Will Smith scenario, because you know what, because we, we love the correct sport. If you notice, there was a big, there was a big connection this weekend with Hollywood and MMA, because MMA loved it. They, I mean, they were posting about it nonstop. Uh, let's see what we got. <laughs> I want to pull out one of these, a little Men in Black action there. Uh, you know, uh, John Jones decided to talk about this. Called him a gangster. You know, John Jones is not one to be given respect to too many people. Sohudo, uh, I got your back. Colby, not so much. <laughs> Henry Cejudo wants to train him. Exactly, exactly. Will Smith and then this one's gonna run too quick. Will Smith and Denzel Washington, two bosses in my book. Hold your head up high. You know. Yeah, a lot of people were were calling him the third Diaz brother. Right, 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 right. You gangster dude. Look at that smack. Dan Hardy talking about it. That's a great follow through. Exactly, exactly. Joe Rogan interviewing uh, <laughs> Truck immediately after. That's real. That's real footage. 
Poor <laughs> Joe. Uh, Bilal getting in there. Daniel Cormier, you know, saying that he's usually not surprised by much these days, but that surprised him. Uh, I don't know if I have the Sean. Oh, Sean Strickland says, fuck Will Smith. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he doesn't agree with somebody. Um, anyway, it definitely made its rounds in social media. That's all everybody's been talking about on social media and on 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 the major media outlets. So, you know, Will Smith did it again. He won the Oscar and he won the popularity. Uh, brother, let's wrap this guy up. Where can people find you? Awesome. Well, my social media is uh, I have two YouTube channels uh, that have you know, between them, almost 400 videos, um, you know, explaining injuries. Anytime a significant injury happens, uh, I'll go in there and I'll make a cool video explaining the medical side of it. So I marry those two things, the medical side and MMA, explaining everything that happens in the world of MMA. My channel is, you go under Octagon Doctor for the English channel. And there's another channel, the Mirror Channel, which is everything the same, but in Spanish, which is called Doctor yared blog so y-a-r-e-d-b-l-o-g um i'm on twitter as dr yared so d-r-y-a-r-e-d and in instagram as octagon doctor mr octagon doctor it was a pleasure having you on we got to keep on doing this we are going yes. to throw this fucking thing in puerto rico and blow it out of the water and we'll continue to make good content for you nice people out there Everybody, you're here already. You might as well subscribe. You might as well give us a, a like and a comment and keep this thing moving. Tune in again next week. No fights this weekend, at least no, no UFC. Uh, but then we got a nice pay-per-view coming. And I believe I know somebody who's going to be there live. All right, people. Yeah.